0: Yo, 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 Thought Warriors. What is up? High learning is on. It's I, Van Lathan Jr.
1: And it's me, Rachel Lynn Lindsay.
0: Rachel Lynn Lindsay.
1: That's what I said.
0: Of the Lindsays. <laughs> of the Lindsay family. How's your dad?
1: Dad is good. Dad is what's good. What is he up to? You know, just doing his thing in the courtroom, sentencing people left to
0: Love I was about tonight. to say, I would like to see his last five sentences. You know? Just like you know what? I should be in charge. Oh, I should be in charge of oversight of the judge.
1: You would you would enjoy watching him because he loves to like bring in his own flair. He was telling me the other day he was sentencing someone to five years and then they started really like complaining and go and he didn't have to. That was the minimum. Right and he was doing what he could within the sentencing guidelines and they started acting a certain way and uh and then he was like T- fine 10 and the guy just lost it right and my dad was like you don't want this smoke i said oh my god you said that wow <laughs> on the record I, on the do record you think, <laughs> do you think the judge would let me
0: watch could i come Absolutely. and like hang out and then like uh you know go to chambers
1: of course you go i feel like he'd be like van don't touch that van <laughs> yeah of course I course you could go at any cham- time
0: have you been in his
1: chambers before of course all the time i just what? roll up there you got to roll up there you got to go through security at the front then you got to go up to the floor you got to go through security again before you can even go towards the chambers so there's the what? courtroom and then the chambers are in the back
0: what goes on in chambers what happens? I mean, what happens it's
1: just... There? It's an office. The chambers are an office. So there's a library back there. There's a kitchen. There's a conference room. There's, like, the law clerks, the interns. He
0: gets his own kitchen and his own... this his mm-hmm. own in, in the chambers? So it's mm-hmm. not an office then. What are you talking about? It's a little condo. You...
1: <laughs> I mean, like... It, okay, fine. It's a, it's a condo. So... You, how, you really should go. You would enjoy yourself. How long is
0: a judge's shift? Like, how long do you
2: be... <laughs>
1: There's no, there's no nine to five. It's, you know, my dad gets to, to the office probably like seven in the morning. I would say he at least stays till seven at night. My dad works,
0: working twelves as a judge.
1: Thrives. He thrives off of working. He loves what he does. It's and great. you do
0: two different cases in a day, or you do just one case.
1: No, it depends. It depends what's on the schedule. You could have several. It could be a whole day of sentencing. Uh-huh. It can be trial. It Can uh-huh. be listening to motions. You could. It just changes up. You have your your morning docket. Your afternoon docket.
0: So let's say this. Let's say the judge has a big case, mm-hmm. but he also wants to play go play golf with one of his buddies from law school.
1: He doesn't roll that way.
0: <laughs> so just listen, Rachel. Could the okay, judge okay. go? Can the judge go? Okay, we're not getting anywhere today. Recess till tomorrow. Clank, 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 and then absolutely. And, and, oh my god, we were, If I was a judge, we'd be recessing.
1: <laughs> absolutely, we'd be recessing. Like full this, control,
0: just full control. We will come back tomorrow. Bang.
1: Yeah, like, we come, you realize the only my dad can only be removed from the bench if he's impeached.
0: That's a lot. They're not going to do that. So, so. And what about like objections? Does he ever tell you about what his what his strategy for objections is like like as, which, as
1: in how he rules on them,
0: how he rules on them? Like how how does he sustain and dismiss? What does he say?
1: Sustain and overrule.
0: Excuse me. Overrule.
1: <laughs> how does he how
0: does he legal legal? I can't, how, does, I can't. How, how does he do it? What what's the basis of the sustained?
1: It depends what, what, what it is that was said. It depends what the objection is, right? Like what are you basing the objection on? You can't you can't That's, I can't yeah. tell you. Yeah.
0: You ever see my cousin Vinny?
1: Yes, love it.
0: That's I imagine that the judge is kinda like that guy. Stern okay. but with a heart of goal, wants the best for you.
1: Isn't he a little racist?
0: No. The guy My Cousin Vinny, no. That's fucking Hermit Monster.
1: Yeah. The judge? I mean Okay. Maybe I'm thinking of a time to kill.
0: (laughs) They were, everybody was racist in that movie and hot.
1: That's the hottest movie
0: ever. And by hot,
1: you're talking temperature wise. They are in fucking hell. People need to understand if they haven't seen it. I'm
0: I'm from there, right? I'm from not (laughs) Mississippi, but I'm from Louisiana. And y'all, it gets hot. Don't get me wrong. Okay. It gets very humid. You're from Texas. It gets very, it gets very humid, right? But, we have air conditioning we don't walk <laughs> around like fucking drenched. wet all day long <laughs> you know what i'm saying if you if we in a if we go all day long maybe to like a the, i don't know the park or family day in the park the big radio festival yeah spring fest maybe but they inside
2: man but what just decade fucking drenched was that in what the decade 90s. is
1: wasn't it? no that's when it came out but was it based in the 90s yes I, I feel like they were dressed in a different time period for some reason.
0: Ah, nah, man, it was the nineties. Are we sure? I'm pretty sure.
1: I wonder what the setting is because the setting is like
0: I don't think the setting is in this. The setting is definitely during a time where air conditioning was prevalent. It wasn't (laughs) pre-air conditioned. A time they got pretty sure it's set in the in the.
1: Okay, it's a 1989 novel. Yeah,
0: it didn't come out. John Grisham, I
1: think, right. It is, is it, John Grisham.
0: Yeah, so it didn't come out till later on. So it, but it, uh, it's during it's in the nineties. It's present day. Okay. Okay. Yes, I think they deserve to die. and I hope they burn in hell. Let me tell you something <laughs> about that. Uh, the best one is though. The best one is not him. The best one is uh, Chris Cooper or uh, what's the guy's name? Whatever. Where the, he's The like, officer. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Turn him loose. Ask him if he thinks I deserve to go to jail. You turn him loose. I'd have done the same thing. Jesus Christ we cried. Is
1: that Officer Dan?
0: I don't know if his name is Officer Dan.
1: No, in Force Gump. Gump.
0: No, it's not. Isn't that the same guy? guy? (laughs) No. It's Gary Sinise. Very racist.
1: No, it's
2: Gary (laughs) Sinise.
1: Almost didn't ask too for that same reason. Very racist. Guys, if you haven't seen The Time to Kill or My Cousin Vinny, both legal but totally different movies. See them both. They're great.
0: Yeah, uh, different different movies. Different if movies. I've okay. seen
1: them, everybody should have seen them.
0: Okay, you guys, here's the deal. Later on, we have Kudi and Chike that directed the Kanye West fantastic documentary, mm-hmm. Genius,
2: mm-hmm. coming
0: on this show. Kudi and Chike are going to be here later on to talk to them about Kanye West and about the, the, the uh, documentary itself. But before we talk to them, about this, we have to talk about the big deal of the day, which is unfortunately Kanye West's current behavior and what it means overall in culture. We'll take a break, we we'll come back with the big deal of the day.
3: This episode is brought to you by Cars.com. When you add your car to your garage on Cars.com, you'll unlock access to real time insights into how much your car is worth, plus, view its historical and projected value to decide when to sell. So when the time is right, you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on cars.com. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on cars.com. This episode is brought to you by Anytime Fitness. We're not all professional athletes, but we all have health goals. That's why Anytime Fitness gives you access to personalized plans and support from a coach. Plus, you can track your training, nutrition, and recovery progress with the Anytime Fitness app, just like the pros. With 24-7 access to more than 5,000 gyms worldwide, get more from your gym membership. Visit anytimefitness.com to try it for free today. Terms, conditions, restrictions, all apply. See website for details.
0: Okay, so Kanye West has posted and deleted a photo of Kim Kardashian hours after issuing a statement of taking accountability for publicly harassing and leaking their private messages. Now, if you guys are not keeping up with this, Kanye West is using his social media to create an ongoing narrative about the state of his relationship with Kim Kardashian. They are estranged right now, if not officially divorced. I don't think they're officially divorced yet. She is seeing seeing Pete Davis and Kanye West until recently was seeing Julia Fox, but that has gone kaput. We talked about that on the podcast a little earlier this week. Mm -hmm. Uh, A lot of people now are calling Kanye West out for what they believe to be is harassing dangerous And just overall weird and off-putting behavior surrounding uh, Kim Kardashian and her now boyfriend, Pete Davidson. He has posted private text messages. He has posted text messages from other people trying to get in touch with Kim. He has posted messages Subtly threatening Pete. He has posted he has been on songs saying that he wants to beat Pete Davidson's ass. Yeah. He's done all of these things. He's called Pete Davidson skeet, uh, all of these things. He seems to be harassing Pete for sure. And a lot of people say Kim Kardashian. I'll ask you, Rachel. Do you think that Kanye West, because he had come out and said he was taking accountability and he wasn't going to do this anymore, but he did it again. Did it again. Uh, do you think that? his behavior towards Kim is bleeding over into harassment. Do you think he's harassing
1: her? He's absolutely harassing her. I mean, there's no denying it. Kim filed for divorce in February, 2021. It's a year ago. And then in December of 2021, she declared to be legally single in formal documents. And she stated that there's no counseling or reconciliation effort that would fix their marriage. Kim is done. It's over for her. Now, I do believe that Kanye West really does want his family back together. They have four children together. But that doesn't mean that it excuses you from the behavior that you're doing. It doesn't mean that it permits you to do what you're doing just because you really want to see your family back together. Kim has stated what she wants. You have to respect that at the end of the day. And what she wants is to be away from you. And at this point, I don't, it seems like Kanye is more caught up in trying to just have control over the situation more than it is about respecting her boundaries and what she wants. He's treating her like a piece of property at this point. And that's harassment. I think there's some desperation in it, but it's still harassing in what he's doing because she's made her point very clear. When I look at Kanye's actions, the words that come to mind are possessive, obsession, alarming, scary. It's triggering to a lot of people what he's doing. But And what it's not, it's not romantic and it's not entertaining. And I'm really against the people who are trying to say he just wants his woman back. He can want her back all he wants, but this is not the way that you go about it. People are watching. This is very public. And you have children that are of age that can recognize what's going on as well. If Kim was my friend and her man, like if this was my friend and my friend's man was acting in this way, I would tell her to get a restraining order. That's point blank, blank period. If you put yourself in this situation, if this was your friend, this was happening to your friend, how would you respond? Just because they're famous doesn't change the situation. It's not romantic. It's, it's alarming. It's harassment.
2: Huh.
0: So, uh, we've seen guys try to get their girls back before, right?
1: Right. Puff, right.
0: Puff did. I need a girl to ride, ride, ride.
1: And I we appreciate girl. the song.
0: Nick Cannon just put out a song called Alone, which uh, a lot of people think is him trying to get Brian Carey back.
1: think biggest uh, problem is he's singing on it.
0: Uh, Robin Thicke had a whole album called Paula. He's trying to get Paula Patton back. So we've seen this before. We've seen guys.
1: Not like this.
0: This, though, is not that. Okay? And I want to make sure. I saw somebody post and this is, the, this is the dangerous part of it. I don't want to overreact here. We're reacting uh, appropriately to what's happening here. I saw somebody post, I'm exactly like Kanye. If you do not want to be with me, uh, then you shouldn't be with me. But if you try to leave me when I'm still in love with you, I'm that same way. The reason why that struck my mind is it's about somebody I follow on Instagram, by the way. DM'd him about it. The reason why that stuck in my mind is because that tells me that the normalization of this behavior is gaining some sort of traction. Yeah. The, and and when I look at that, look, I don't, I, I, I'm not going to summarily dismiss anything, right, but I don't think that I'm super worried about Kanye West doing anything dangerous to Kim Kardashian. I'm not, I think that worry is besides the point, but I don't think that that's an actual real worry for me. I am worried about someone doing something to Pete Davidson on behalf of Kanye West, because when you look at all of the people down there, I'm I'm worried Pete Davidson walks through someplace somewhere or someone goes crazy, punches Pete in the face, whatever, whatever. I think that's more likely than something happening to Kim. But at the same time, when people exhibit behavior like this, it starts to become increasingly difficult to rule anything out. And 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 when you're not ruling anything out, that means everything's in. And for me, I am more actually flabbergasted—not so much even in his behavior as I am the acceptance of it by people who I thought knew better than this. Like the, it just seems to be whatever yay does and we're going to talk to kuni chike a little bit later because we we had feelings about the documentary whatever yay does we write it off as yay being yay and i guess the question is where does that stop Mm. like we've already been some really interesting ridiculous places we've already been to the i'm down with white supremacy place we've already been to the I'm richer than you. Class is weird place. We've already been to the I shit on everybody in my life place. But I guess what I'm wondering now is we're going to the harassing your wife and making an unsafe environment place. And it seems like we're just continuing to push the envelope here.
1: Right. Right. So
0: um I don't know.
1: You can't underestimate what someone will do when they're desperate. And Kanye is desperate. It really seems that way. Like at first, even I was like, he's just doing this for attention. He just wants to exert control over Kim because he has no control. But then I'm I, I, as it c- continues to go, I'm like, this is a man who is desperate for whatever is motivating his desperation. You know, it's because if he wants his family back, if he doesn't want to see Kim move on with someone else. I don't know what it is. But you cannot Treat it like it's nothing when someone's reacting this way out of desperation. And I think that's what people need to pay attention to. And I think also people are excusing his behavior because he is famous. And sometimes people act like famous people can't do stuff that, reg- that, that people out here in the normal world do.
4: That's yeah. not true
1: either. So I think yeah. you have to pay attention to it. And, um, and that's also, I just think people don't want to like side with Kim Kardashian. And I don't think it's siding. I don't think people need to look at it that way. The woman has said what she doesn't want. People need to respect that. Yeah. And they were they doing don't. just fine. Co- saw, they were doing just fine co-parenting for months. Mm-hmm.
0: I saw a lot of people going, "Yeah, I'm no Kim Kardashian fan, but what's, you don't have to be a Kim Kardashian fan, you know."
1: Exactly. People just don't want to <laughs> side with the Kardashians. It's not about that, y'all. To. It ain't about that.
0: By the way, we need better ways to wish ill on people.
1: Do we? Do you go around wishing ill on people? In different ways. (laughs) Talk to me.
0: So, uh, I don't wish ill on you like I wish that you get harassed by your ex-husband or that something bad happens. I wish ill like in a small way. Like, for example, would it bother me? Would it bother me this weekend if Ted Cruz just twisted his ankle? Just an ankle twist. Just a nuisance, right? Like, I don't wish ill on his family. I don't wish that he gets COVID. I don't wish anything like that. But Let's say he's stepping out. Let's say he's stepping out of his GMC. Boom, takes a wrong step. Bang. Ted Cruz, spraying ligaments. They'll heal. But for a while, it's going to be a bitch, right? It's going to hurt. So you want to inconvenience him. Ice that motherfucker up. Ice it up, Ted. Ice that motherfucker up. Elevate it. Put heat on it. You can't walk on it. You can't go play beach volleyball. You got a twisted ankle. That's what you deserve. Nothing really bad, but like when I wish ill on people, it's like, oh, you know what, motherfucker, I hope you get a flat tire. You're on your way somewhere. You want to get there. You get a flat tire. Boom, nail in the tire. Then what do you do? You have to swerve off. You have to change the tire. You got to call Triple A. It's an inconvenience. Nothing bad happens, but you deserve a flat tire. That's how I do it. I don't do it in a bad way.
1: It's a chance you know? the Rapper song. What's chance, this?
0: rapper? No, what's his It's name? a
1: chance, the rapper song. I can't remember who it's with, and he all he does in it is wish little things like this to happen to his ex. Oh, is that true? Just oh. little bit, just little things. Donnie, do you know what I'm talking about? Any chance the rapper fans in the room? He's it's he's it's a feature on maybe action Bronson. Bronson.
0: Oh, there we go, Rachel. Yeah,
1: I had to hesitate for a second. It might be action on his Bronson. song. Yeah, I had to hesitate. Yeah, that, yeah, but that's but I agree that, with that. That's you. That's you. Yeah, you're, you're... I agree
0: with that. Just like, yeah, just like little stuff. Hey, hangnail. You know?
1: <laughs> little stuff.
0: like a paper cut. Stuff like that. Just annoying. <laughs> you get like lemon juice in it when you're eating some guac. Um, okay. <laughs> the NFL has made a really interesting hire. Ooh. Okay? They've hired Loretta Lynch. If you guys don't know who Loretta Lynch is, she's the former U.S. Attorney General. Under Obama, she has been hired to defend the NFL in the discrimination case brought to the league by B- Brian Flores. The NFL is fucking unstoppable.
2: <laughs>
0: like, I gotta be honest with you, man. I saw that this morning, and I'm like, yo, pack it up. The, like, like, I'm serious. The, the, I know the, the NFL is fucking unstoppable. There's nothing you can do. Like Colin Kaepernick is up against the NFL. He's winning the hearts and minds. The NFL goes against Jay-Z.
2: Brian (laughs) Flores
0: Brian Flores uh, has got the NFL on his heels. Once again, people are looking at it. They get a former black lady attorney general under the first Negro president ever to stand in the gap for them.
1: Fuck! Right, right. What do you say? And she was the first. She was (sighs) the first. I should say that. Um, Attorney General, first black woman. Um, (laughs) I have the same sentiments as you, but also at the same time, it's like I just want to talk to Loretta, because and it should be known this isn't Loretta's first time working with the NFL. Okay, she works for a very very big law firm extremely like famous law firm and they have been hired before to work on the behalf of the NFL. She was involved with the NFL when they were investigating the Washington football team, or I mean the commanders now she was involved in that. So she has worked before, but they specifically put you as counsel, co-counsel, but counsel on this particular case, a case where Brian Flores is saying That the NFL is racist. And what does the NFL do? This basically screams, see, we're not racist because we are being represented by someone who's black. We hired someone who is black, a black woman at that on our legal team. How could we be racist if the very person we are we are putting this case in their hands is black? That's literally what they're saying. But I just wonder why? That's my question. I want to talk to look like, why do you not feel like you're being used? Do you not feel like cause they could have chosen someone else? She does have co-counsel on this, another white man. Why, do you feel like they purposely put you on this case so they could have somebody who's sitting at the table, sitting, whether it's, you know, arbitration, mediation, trial, whatever, that is representative of the black community. You have to feel that way at some point. I'm not saying she's not the most qualified person at that firm. For goodness sakes, she's attorney general. But she's gotta feel a little bit like who yeah. do you have? Her. We want yeah. her.
0: So I got a couple of questions. Number one, I think it's in- interesting that after being the attorney general, you go back and you get a job. It just seems she's like she's a
1: rain, she's a rainmaker. I guarantee you, she's a rainmaker.
0: Rainmaker. I saw that movie too. Matt Damon, another John Grisham novel. Uh, a lot of as, people when they leave, when they
1: leave big and they go back to their firms, it's they're more of like a figure, a figurehead. They're representative of like, hey, they, they're able to say we have the former U.S. Attorney General in our firm. She brings in business, and she sits there on big cases, you know, because there's it's a just credibility. It's just
0: crazy to be the ex Attorney General. Because, you know, once you're the ex president, you don't really do shit no more. It's not like you become the ex president, then you go try to become a senator, right? When you're an ex president, you don't do anything anymore. Like, you just chill. But it's just like, I used to be the attorney general of the United States. It's just interesting. It's interesting. Let me ask yeah, you a question. If you
1: think that she's doing hard hours in the office, she's not. She's not. not. <laughs> she's Let not. me
0: ask you a question as a legal eagle Is there any amount of money that you could be paid to defend Ooh. the NFL?
1: That's not the kind of question I wanted.
0: Is there any amount of money you could be paid to defend the NFL? Let's say the NFL comes and they say, we need Rachel Lindsay, legal, eagle. And we are going to pay you, because think about it. Roger Goodell makes $44 million a year.
1: Wild. (laughs) It's wild.
0: Roger Goodell makes $44 million a year. As an NFL commissioner, let's say they come to you and they say, we want you to defend the NFL and we're going to pay you $25 million just to defend us." Would you do it?
1: I don't, I don't know. I'm just To be very honest, I don't know. This right. is what I will say. When I came out of law school, billion. I wanted to be a public defender. I worked for the public defender's office in Milwaukee County. My dad always told me if that's the line of work that I wanted to go into, I'd have more power if I went to the uh, DA's office. Because DA has the power to say, we're not prosecuting that case. We're going to throw this case out. We're not even dealing with it. Right. So maybe... That's Loretta's master plan. And I'm saying this because if I accepted the 25 million, I'd need some kind of something written out that said, should I find in any kind of way that there is evidence of what Brian Flores is accusing you guys of? I'm out and I'm taking half the money with me for my pain and suffering.
0: I've, I've, no, you're illegal, legal. You can't do that. You have I know, to give I know. I said that'd defense. be the only, that'd
1: be the only way I would say yes, because I just would not want my name tied to. <sighs> we, we know the NFL does racist things. Like whether you can prove it or not, you know it. And I just don't want to be on record ever defending them when I know that they are problematic in what they do. There's a reason Colin Kaepernick got a settlement. Because there was evidence that was found. I don't want to be, on. my reputation is everything to me and I don't want to be on record for that. So I would have to say no, unless I got some kind of like deal.
0: So the NFL has released a statement saying it will defend against these claims, which are without merit. Let's say that Loretta Lynch has looked into all of this stuff
2: Mm -hmm.
0: and she actually doesn't think that the NFL is acting in a shady way in this case. She thinks they're right, not in all the situations, but in this situation.
1: So here's the the question. Is she saying that legally they're right, as in he can't prove his case, or is it a moral thing? Because I do think, and we talked about this, he's going to have a very hard time proving his case, particularly in the class action part of it. Right. So she might say, well, legally, there's no evidence. That's totally different from whether you know morally. They just might not be able to prove it. Doesn't mean it's not true. Doesn't mean it's not true. OJ.
0: OJ. OJ. OJ.
1: OJ. OJ. All
0: right. Uh, we're going to take a break now and give you the interview that we did with the creators of Genius, a Netflix three-part Kanye West documentary. We're going to be joined by Kuti and Chike the directors of this, uh, the guys behind Creative Control uh, when we come back on the other side of this break.
3: This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car?
2: You take care of
3: To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit
1: JiffyLube.com. This episode is brought to you by Hyundai. You could be doing anything this week, right? You've got work, errands, friends, and a whole lot of fun in between. That's why the 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe is the capable SUV that's built for your life. With premium interiors, available wireless charging, and room for your whole cargo and crew. Okay, Hyundai. Visit HyundaiUSA.com to learn more about the all-new 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe.
0: Guys, there is a phenomenal documentary, and I'm giving my review away before we even get to the end. <laughs> uh, there is a phenomenal documentary that is on Netflix as we speak. Part one is on Netflix right now. It is called Genius. Genius, yeah. that's the way I'm saying it, Genius. Yeah, genius um, yeah. And it is about the life and ascendance of one Mr. Kanye West, the guy that you guys Mm -hmm. might know who that guy is. Mm -hmm. Uh, It is phenomenal. It is timely, it is poignant, and it is uh, maybe the most full-throated, well-rounded musical doc I've ever seen. And we are lucky here on Higher Learning Mm -hmm. to be joined by the two men who painstakingly over 20-some-odd years compiled footage and make this come together. We are joined now uh, by the guys from Creative Control, Cootie and Chike. How are you guys doing? And welcome to Higher Learning.
5: Man, we it's great, man. Busy. Thanks for having us, man, for yeah. sure. And, and
4: look, in all due respect, I wish I could take the credit for being there for 21 years, but uh, I had the privilege of being brought in with Cootie later on when we, when we kind of <laughs> met each other. So he had about a 10 year head start on me, I say, <laughs> At least five. Yeah, yeah, at least five. <laughs> so
1: so let's 10 start. years is a long time, too. Yeah. <laughs> so
0: let's start right there. I think one of the most breathtaking things, I, breathtaking things, I think one of the most refreshing things about the documentary itself is that, you know, we know Kanye. Like we know Kanye, right? Like we know Kanye <laughs> intimately, but we didn't know you. Cootie. Mm -hmm. And I think the documentary starting with actually your story Mm -hmm. humanized it in a way and took people out of whatever opinions or perceptions they might have about Kanye West Mm -hmm. and was really a fascinating way to ground it going into what it ended up becoming. How did you make the decision to start the story of Kanye with sort of you because it becomes like the story of you and him almost.
5: Yeah, well uh, you know, as a um um, it just wasn't me. You know, it was a, a whole team of us that they came up with the way we we're going to structure it. Our, our editors, Max Alman and Jason Harper and, of course, Chike and, and, and Jay Ivey. You know, so, you know, we all we just compiled all this footage and then we just, you know, it's like a puzzle. And we realized the best way to tell this story was through my perspective and to do that you had to introduce who i am you know like i said uh i bet y'all wonder who the hell i am you know what i mean right, the- right. <laughs> so that's how, that's how we come in but uh you know it was a, it was a journey uh it was a journey that we all took in and, uh, and i had to show channel zero you know in chicago public access show that was blowing up blowing up crazy on uh, around hip hop period, like with Wu-Tang and, and Shaq, anybody who we gave a tape to, um, they, they'll they see me later like, yo, channel zero with the fight and this and that. And then Method Man actually said channel zero was YouTube before YouTube and wow. world star before world star. So, wow. you know, so that was, that was the start. And then, and then running into Kanye and seeing how talented he was and watching hoop dream. That was like, That was the, you know, inspired the idea to start, you know, filming him because I was in front of the camera, and then I just fell in love with the reaction we were getting with Channel Zero. I'm like, I got to learn how to work the camera because Danny Sorge who I was working with, he was cutting hair and he, you know, wasn't didn't want to go to all the concerts. You know, right? I'm like,
4: dude, give me the camera. So that's how I started. So dope though, Van. Like as far as in documentary filmmaking, you know. you usually have to set up and contextualize like the environment that your characters are kind of going to come through. And normally, and if, if normally we would have to go find all this B-roll footage because we'd have to contextualize Chicago in that era of rap that Kanye was trying to penetrate through. But so ironic, Cootie was already doing that with the show Channel Zero. You know what I'm saying? Word. So he, was, he had already done the legwork of contextualize Chicago in that era and the renaissance that was actually even happening in hip hop musically at that time. And, and his show was, it was the lens for that, you know what I'm saying. So Cootie was like the man already in Chicago, and all the hip hop artists really wanted to get on Channel Zero in order to be like seen. Yeah, there were too many
5: outlets yeah. in Chicago, you know. Word.
0: yeah, that's a that's a prominent theme in the uh, in the documentary. How I mean, we think about Chicago hip hop where it stands right now is like right. all over the place, but that was still an area where things were bubbling up and kind of burgeoning. But I'll turn it over to
2: Rachel mm-hmm. right now.
1: I just want to give my compliments and say how exceptional I thought this was. I sat down and watched it all the way through. I couldn't stop. I couldn't get enough because in the first part, it just took me back. It just took me back to a simpler time. And it just made me feel something. And so as I was watching it all the way through, you take us through this roller coaster as we're going through Kanye's life. And I'm just wondering, when you started it back or when you met Kanye in 98, did you did the purpose for creating this documentary change as you got through these 20 plus years? And if so, how did it change?
5: I mean, yeah, well, you know, life changed. You know, we we always say that God writes and Jesus directs. So, you know, through our life, we you know, you never know what's going to happen next. You know, we uh, we also say that uh, can't let your imagination get in the way of God's manifestation. So even doing the doc, I seen Kanye win the Grammys but I didn't see him running for president, you know, I, I, and the end of the doc, it was supposed to be him winning the Grammys. You know, that was the end, we not a documentary, but Kanye wasn't ready to put it out, you know, come to find out uh, recently at the premiere, he said he would have been embarrassed if it would have came out when I want when the first time we had was offered a deal, which was in 2006. So fast forward, you know, here we are now and, it, and he feel like it was the perfect time for uh, people to see that side of him, so. Yeah. uh
0: first of all, before I before it slips my mind, I want to say something else. Uh before we before I talk about the documentary itself, I want to think about it, Benji, mm. guys.
4: <laughs> <Hey>.
0: Like <laughs> for real.
4: <laughs> I, you. I, I, if,
0: if, if you guys are gonna watch Genius, I want you to watch Genius. But there's a thirty thirty, uh, about a young. High school basketball player, um, Benji Wilson, I think it was his name. Ben Wilson, yeah. Uh, ben Wilson, who was killed in Chicago, uh, and who had all the talent and all the, the the potential in the world, and made an indelible impact in Chicago high school basketball. In basketball, period. Um, and it was one of the most phenomenal thirty thirties they ever made. So you guys also did that. I just want to make sure that I put that on people's. <laughs> <name>. <laughs> all right, so. Obviously, I have my own history with Kanye West. Okay, okay, and I was I was pleased to see my little cameo that I made. The- <laughs>
1: Wait, the- I didn't see you. I was gonna make that joke. I didn't even see you in it.
0: Yeah, 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 I was there. Act three. I was yeah. And act three, I was there for a second. I um,
1: must have meant just blocked it out.
0: Right, like I was there for a second. Uh, I gotta be honest about the way the documentary made me feel.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: It made me feel profoundly sad. Mm, mm. And uh, so I don't think people understand what like a big hero Kanye West is to me. Yeah, and he is uh, to so many people, and it's difficult to watch some of the things that go on now. Yeah, and seeing him when he when you guys were first getting started, mm-hmm. it's like God damn! Almost I got into a small period of mourning. Like you say it in the doc, you say, I know you missed the old Kanye. It's not that we yeah. miss the old Kanye. It's like sometimes we feel like we need the old yeah. Kanye. Um, mm-hmm. How did you sure. guys approach the changes in his life? Because by the time this documentary ends, he is like a completely, totally different person. His circle has changed. Uh, It was good to see you back out there in Wyoming with him after the whole Harriet Tubman thing. But it just seems like a totally different guy. And I think for a lot of people, it might be a little hard to watch the transformation. When you guys were creating it, did you think about that? Were there any ways that you guys wanted to go about that? Uh, It's not always easy to watch the brother in his current state. And I'm trying to be as respectful as possible by still keeping it real with y'all. What it, What were your thoughts towards that?
5: Well, I say every th- everything. Everything we did was with pure intent, and uh, yeah. and and God was leading us to to this. Like you got to realize, the first act is called vision. That Word. was the vision. The second act is called purpose, and that's what we were doing, moving in our purpose. The third act is called awakening. So we feel like this act would um would actually wake some people up. You know, I ain't gonna say <laughs> just like yeah. It's like yeah. you right. It need, it need to be. Just like Benji. We, when right. we did Benji, we we purposely made sure that everybody when Benji died was going to be in tears, even the thugs and the killers. You know yeah. what I mean? So we purposely did that. And people were like, oh, man, I can't watch it, but watch because I just can't take that part. I'm like, yeah, sorry, I, we did it for the thugs. Sorry we didn't do it for you. You know what I mean? Word up, word up, word up. i killing. So, you know, everything is purposeful that, that we do everything. Yeah, no,
4: nah, Yeah, you said it. Mhm.
1: I got to tell you this documentary is touching all audiences cuz I work for Extra and we did a huge piece on it for our for our show. So yeah. it's reaching everyone which I think is 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 a testament to you guys and why and it's so great. But there's a moment where could we see you break down and we see you get emotional. In that third part, can you talk a little bit about what was behind that emotion and what you were feeling? Because Van has already expressed what it was to watch it as an audience member. But you were there. You were witnessing. You saw things that we didn't. We weren't even privy to see. And you got so emotional. Can you talk about that?
5: I mean, it was was, the emotion came from just like. It was like Christ, you know, I'm real spiritual. So so it was like Christ was talking to me through all different ways, like from me meditating and the meditation to be exactly what I need to say and do during that moment and, or reading the Bible verse. And, it, and it's, it's telling me exactly what to say to Kanye. And then just the fact that I know that it's coming from Christ and I felt Donda and I felt my father in that moment yes, too, brother. like holding yeah, me, you know what I'm like? It was, a, it was, you know, and, and letting me know that everything's going to be all right. So it was a, all of them emotions and just to be moving in, in faith and and moving that way, you know, knowing that, that Christ is, is with you is, is that that was more of the emotion and then letting letting me know that Kanye was gonna be gonna be all right. You know, we all gonna be all right. You know what I'm saying? We we spiritual beings and we never die. You know, that's why Don the Spirit has been with us. That's why Benji Spirit was with us doing doing um uh, uh Benji. So it's like and that's what we've been learning throughout our throughout making films. We're like, yo, this is bigger than what we're doing. Is is that's why we say Jesus direct, and that's why we know that Benji and Don the West, and when we do Ernie Barnes story, <clears throat> Ernie Barnes has been with us, and and Ernie Barnes, well, yeah, if y'all know Ernie Barnes, he's the painter that did the JJ um, paintings and Marvin. Oh, word, yeah, yeah. So we was filming him before he passed, you know, and he'd been with us since then, like he gave us a painting from heaven, like one of his main paintings he gave us. And this, that story is, is, is incredible. But, you know, just knowing that, knowing that um, our ancestors are with us at all times, man, it, it feels really good. And, you know, that was a, that was a really a good cry,
4: you know? And for us, the goal of this film was really to use these two men's journeys, Kuti and Kanye's, you know, and obviously Kanye was having such influence, but how can we use Their moments is teachable moments. Not so much we're not trying to make a commercial for Kanye. We're not trying to like pin you on a side. It doesn't matter which side you're on. How can we take Uh, moments of Cootie's journey in their life together to give to really show how you can move in your purpose? How can you set a goal and accomplish it? Obviously, the, the struggles and adversities that come with this with the belief in a higher power that can help you get through these adversities and like we believe in god and we truly believe god god just through this life and we're merely just his vessels to do his work you know what i'm saying with our gifts that he's given us but we've tapped into those gifts how can we help you tap into those gifts yeah. you know what i'm saying so fear so cripples us a lot and we yeah, don't overcome it and and hopefully this that can be a testament to to helping people um figure out their journey yeah and, and you can
5: and you can learn from the good and the bad is like the, the movie that inspired me to do everything that I do is, is uh, JoJo Dancer. Uh, Richard Your, life is yeah. Your life is calling. it. Yeah. Your life is called it. And that, you know, when I when I seen that movie, I'm like, oh, I'm gonna do I'm gonna do like Richard Pryor, and so I wanted to do comedy. I'm gonna do comedy, you know, and I'm not, but I'm not gonna do the drugs. Okay, I, I'm I about knew- to say, <laughs> JoJo dancer made mm-hmm. you want to do comedy. Yeah. He oh, was wild. Oh, yeah. but, but, but I knew I knew I knew I can do. I'm like, okay, I'm gonna do what he did. What he did wrong, I'm not gonna do. I'm like, okay, if, right. I, if I do comedy and don't do the drugs and don't do this, then ooh, it's gonna be really nice. So I, I learned from his mistakes. But not Word. knowing at the time that he wrote, directed, and produced JoJo Dancer, I'm yeah. like, oh, God was telling me at that moment what I was going to be doing later. You know, Word. so, yes, yeah, same with this movie. We want people to see this like, okay, I know what not to do, and I know what to do. You Word. know, so.
0: so there are two hilarious moments in this movie I want to talk about real quick. Two super funny moments. There's a lot of funny moments, but there are two moments that just I ran them back three or four times. (laughs) One moment is when Kanye is in the Dominican Republic and he's working out with a resistance band. And that band is kicking Ye's ass.
2: (laughs) Like, that band
0: was kicking Ye's ass. I don't know how long, how many sets he had done, but it was good to just see him concerned with his health down there in between creating. He's on the resistance bands. But the other moment that I know for sure is going to blow up on the internet. Kanye is riding in the car. He is on the phone with his father. He's talking to his dad, and his dad says, he asked his dad something, his dad says, I don't know son. Maybe write your speech next time. <laughs> 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 and then Kanye yeah. gets this look. There's this look on Kanye West's face that he gets when he's processing something. Mm-hmm.
2: This yeah, is the yeah. look
0: where his eyes are. he go and he's very open to like new information even mm-hmm. when I was talking mm-hmm. to him that time. You can see him listening to It'd me. it be the same thing with you. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like you can see him listening to me. It's not yeah. like he just, ah, oh, I'm Kanye West. Get out of right. my face. Right. He go, he like, yeah. He'll actually listen to what you have to say. And he goes,
4: yeah. okay.
0: And he just looks for a <laughs> second. And it's just crazy. And that made me want to ask this question. How did you guys decide, because all of those moments are like purely yeah. authentic. How did you guys decide what to keep And what not to show when you have all of this stuff, the stuff with his mother is absolutely beautiful. The first meeting, the first time you see his mother, you get a 100% crystal clear 360 view on why Kanye West is who he is. Absolutely coming from that angel of a woman. You can see it, but I just wonder with so much stuff who, how did you guys as a creative team make the decision we have to show this we we don't need to show that. We have to show this. We don't need to show that. How was that decision made?
4: I mean, you know, yeah. yeah, definitely. Like, what made it easier too is a testament to just like everything we've done before this film. Benji, all every project was a rehearsal for this moment. Right now, how to put our every all the skills, our style, everything we've learned, amassed this team of people that we've worked with for prior projects. Right, so we have this. Big mind now with all these people kind of working on this thing, but then even just our evolution as filmmakers into screenwriting p- played a major ah, role because we've been reading yeah. a lot about story and understanding just the framework of story, how to build story. So once we align sort of like our protagonist's overall journey and desire, like you have to lock into that, and there's rules to that. Like this is like a hero's journey. There's there's rules to when you apply this type of storyline, and so just adhering to that and knowing like. You have to kill your darlings because they don't move the, story. And some, for, story. the story forward. And sometimes yeah. it's that simple. It's like this is dope and this could go viral at, on its own. But in this film, it's derailing us. It's throwing. It's not moving the story forward. It's got to go. Yeah. You know what I mean? yeah.
2: yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. it Must be hard.
1: In that first part, there's so like I wish we could talk to you guys literally all day because there's so many different scenes that I want to just talk about. But one, I thought you had access to so many people in so many places. One, I'm just curious Did anybody tell y'all to stop, get the camera out of my face and stop filming and please tell us who. And then two, there is a moment when when Pharrell hears uh, through the wire for the first time and you get his reaction. I mean, he has to. Well, I don't want to give it away, but you just get his reaction. But he says something to Kanye where he says, keep that same perspective. Yep. And as somebody who's been with him from the beginning, do you feel like he really is still adhering to that advice from Pharrell?
5: Yeah, yeah, I, I, I feel like he, um, he definitely listened. And, you know, and as far as like, as you notice, we when we were going into the studio with Pharrell, They was like, it got the said, "Man, we maybe should turn the camera off." I'm like, "No, keep the camera rolling." A lot lot of people didn't tell us to turn that turn that camera off. You know what I mean? It wasn't that mean. It was more when we was doing Channel Zero that people would be like, you know, they don't want to do an interview or that, you know, they're son us. But but when we was with Yay, it just seemed like everybody just accepted it and adopted it because it was new too, to everybody. No people didn't have cameras around like that, and they wasn't like, "Why you filming?" This dude, people used to be like, why are you filming Kanye? Because I could have filmed Method Man. I could have got with Jay-Z, like, yo, Jay-Z, let me film you, you know, when when Kanye took me in the studio. But I just had had a vision, and I stuck with that vision, and I just
4: knew that it was going to pay off. So I think, too, back to what Pharrell said was so key about that moment and what he said, and I think it's a huge testament to Kanye's success and to Cootie's success, is because – he did listen, and he still is listening to that. He's hungry. He stays hungry, and everything he does is that hunger. As he moves from different medium and genres of stuff that he's doing, that same hunger is there. And fashion is the same hunger that he had when he first started music. And this album, it's like he's just doing this. Every time, it's like he's doing his first album over again. And he takes that same energy to clothing. He takes it everywhere. And I really think that's the thing that's making him be super successful. You know what I mean? Is because he's approaching it with the same hunger as if, like, you know he's the underdog he's like david facing goliath every time
5: yeah right <laughs> you know I mean? and, and, and right. super misunderstood super misunderstood too because he will always want to do the impossible so somebody say you can't do something he want to prove that he can do it so the worst thing you could say is don't run for president He like oh what Okay, I'm gonna do it and I'm gonna show that I can do it because I did it so many times before. You said I couldn't be a rapper. Look what happened. You said I couldn't be a good big and fashion. Look what happened. So yeah, he used that, and you know, and that's what that's that's how he yeah. winning. But then, like I say, you might get misunderstood too, in the same don't wear the red hat. Oh, what? I'm gonna wear it, but it ain't yeah. good, but I'm gonna wear it, you know. So he don't he
4: sometimes it get com- confusing. You might be reverse engineering mean? be like. Man, I bet you can't take that red hat off. Right? Yeah, you got to reverse it.
2: <laughs>
4: yeah. Right. Was yeah. It.
0: yeah. On the I real. we him to do some other stuff. <laughs> yeah, hey, bro. Um, See, I, w- um, I would
5: do that. That's, that's that would be that would be me. But I wasn't around like that. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
0: Um. It's like there's so many little cameos. This is, there's a shot of Beyonce just looking like a
2: right. girl. I, I love, like, how, like, people, like, I
4: love hey. how people catch that because it's stuff that we catch here in the edit. We're putting <laughs> this together. We see those moments. But it's dope to see other people, especially like on Black Twitter, is the best. Like, yes, yeah. Black Twitter, just how they rally around this and what they're pointing out is amazing. Like, yeah.
0: Beyonce is just a girl in the hall.
2: I mean she's beyond like
0: like she's Beyonce, don't get me wrong, but it's like wow. Even <laughs> even, even seeing that is inspiring. <laughs> like, hey, you can go from being in the hall and she was already Beyonce. Don't right, jump off you guys. Is, right, right. She was Beyonce, but that would not happen now, is all I'm saying. Yeah. And another yeah. thing that was interesting is shout out to all my people who I recognize. Like shout out to Shaka, who mm-hmm. from Rod Nation, who he played right. all Falls down for her. <laughs> <laughs> and she didn't nod her head at all like he, he like, like Kanye is going through that that is one of my favorite scenes because yeah, he's going through yeah. he's playing all falls down for people
2: mm-hmm, and mm-hmm, they yeah. like
0: taking calls and, and doing, it's just it's so nuts you got to stick with what it is that you're doing yeah, yeah, yeah. alright um, now I would not be being responsible if I did not ask these next couple of questions mm-hmm. okay I am no longer a Kanye West fan. He just makes it too hard. I just got to be real. Like, I, I, I'm agnostic. I don't have any animus towards the brother. Uh, he's like that. He's like a family member, like a cousin who you love from a distance. And all you really want to see is them doing it. Mm-hmm. But there are things that Ye is doing right now. Some of the stuff where it looks like he might be harassing Kim. Some of the Pete Davidson stuff. Obviously, some of the political stuff that we've talked about that I being somebody who tries to do better, I'm not by any means a perfect man. I just can't condone it. Mm -hmm. And being that this documentary is coming out when he is in the throes of what it seems like one of these week, two week long rants, Mm -hmm. how does that guy, how does that affect you guys as filmmakers? And also knowing that he made a little noise about the fact about this documentary in and of itself and almost painted it in a negative light before Mm -hmm. coming back around to it how Mm -hmm. does any of the current conversation about kanye west uh good bad and different shape you guys' release of this and is there any part of it that you
4: feel like overshadows the release of the documentary Mm. i don't think any any part of it overshadows it really feels like it's hard to explain, but there's a feeling that this is bigger than us. There's a spiritual feeling over this, the, the need of this. And it feels like this doc is just like because of the the pure intent, like who he said, of where we're coming from with it. I don't know, man. It just feels like there's bigger forces of good that that um, are going to triumph all of this. And all of this is necessary. Like it's all necessary. Right. Everything is necessary to be playing out exactly the way it is, to be seen a certain way so that it all makes sense at the end. And I can't tell you what that sense is going to be, but I have a profound belief it's going to be amazing. You know what I'm saying? And it's going sure. to be good for, on, on every level, not just for him, but for humanity in general, for the inspiration that it's going to bring. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I feel like, you know, we keep a foot in a certain world and we keep a foot in the regu- like, a simple world. It's a regular life, like where we're from, where your mama just tells you to go take trash out, right? And, yeah. and there's another world where I think you get completely removed from that. And it's just... To me, that's Hollywood <laughs> damn near. You know right. what I'm saying?
2: Right. And yeah. I
4: think this film does a good job of kind of showing both. You know what I mean? I'm not saying one's better than the other, but they just, they all have their their pros and cons. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And when, when things happen on my end with, with you know, Kanye
5: kind of asking for Final Cut, or, you know, you'd be disappointed for the split second, but then it's like, I just say, trust God, Period. That's all I say. I say trust God. Period. Nobody bigger than God. You got us. You had us, and I know it's going to work out. Even with what He's doing now, I'm like, trust God. Period. Every time I say that, it, it things just get better. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's like, it's yeah. like God just make things better. But you have to like believe that. No, with no doubt in faith, there's no doubt in faith. So did that's he how ask how you I'm guys cool. for final cut? Yeah, he asked for final cut. And, oh, how, how, do you tell him,
0: how do you? Oh, he did it online. He didn't call you and ask for it.
5: No, no well, they well, had the well, conversation. It was, it was before, like, it, yeah, it was like, I'm, yeah, I got the message before he posted all the messages. Yeah. I'm like, oh my God.
4: Yeah. How do you oh, tell you her no? <laughs> How, oh, tell me, yeah, tell me about that. How great at telling everybody no. You got to realize too, like, <laughs> we, we've, done, we've, we've, we've dealt with every big personality mobile you probably could possibly deal with in a capacity of business through music videos or partnerships. So it's like, there's no new personality or like, we, these people people they bleed like we bleed like it ain't right. nothing, you know what i'm saying
5: yeah right. kind of like a little brother too but it was my on my birthday when he with the uh text when they like kind of want final approval and, and i'm like huh i'm they, they, talking about my birthday january 18th right i'm reading this and it just I almost faint like what like oh wait a <laughs> minute right and, and at the same time i'm reading this now mind you you know, I had some drinks, you know, I'm, I'm nice. You know what I mean? Let's get right. right. Nice. I'm like, oh, I'm nice. I'm having fun. Man, I read this. Felt like I'm about to fade. And then here they come with cake.
2: Happy birthday. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, no. <laughs> it was insane. <laughs> and, then I,
5: and then from that from that moment, I said, wait, trust God. Live in the now. I'm like, look what's happening to you right now. They coming with cake. All these people love you that's in the room. I'm like. It's gonna work out. It's gonna work out, and I just and I just enjoy myself for the yeah. rest of the night. But and it worked out, you know, and it's working out. It's gonna keep working out. We just got to know that. You just gotta say trust yeah. God, period. That, and you that's can't my take message.
4: And you can't take anything <laughs> personal. Like I don't like, you know, I don't. We don't know the situation of where exactly he's coming from. We don't know who's in his ear. We don't know anything. You know what I'm saying? Um, all we just gotta believe is everything is gonna work out in uh in the best interest of the project at the end of the day because we know what this why this project is being done you know what i mean And we know what the impact is going to make so yeah,
1: we were talking a little bit about this before before you guys came on about as you're watching the progression of kanye you're seeing his circle and the people that are surrounding him change and like could we see in the circle that you get i mean we see at some point in the film that you get cut out as well and you said certain things in this interview like you're you know you're not afraid to say no you would have told him something if you were around. Mm-hmm. I'm just wondering, do you think that that was purposeful? Not, cause, cause as you're watching it, it seems like, oh, he got to a certain level. He wanted, you know, he talks about Hype Williams. I want Hype Williams for this. I want, do you think it was that? Or do you think it is because you know him in a way that other people don't and you can hold him accountable in certain ways?
5: Yeah, yeah, for sure. And Chica, you yeah, yeah, really good. That, that's,
4: that's amazing that you bring that up because the conversations that we've had over years you know, Cootie, and the reason why this film is so special, it's not so much his prowess skills as, as a as a director. Cootie, as a person, is the type of person that creates a space for you. And you, you, when you enter his space, there's no way that you can be fake. You know what I'm saying? Because he's so accommodating to you. It's, it's like going to a room, a therapy room. You ain't going to lie to your therapist. It's hard to lie to a therapist. You know what I'm saying? You get uncomfortable. So a lot of times you just avoid, if you're not ready for therapy, you don't go to it. So I feel like that's like the relation. If you're not ready to be real or be upfront or be held accountable, you're not going to sit in front of Cootie or chill with them. You know what I'm saying? So, but when you get in front of them, we get these amazing moments, these vulnerable moments of Kanye that are pretty consistent from the first time Cootie puts the camera on him to the last to Kanye now. You know what I mean? And so I don't know. I can't speak for Kanye as to to why you know cody wasn't around so much. You know, I could have a theory and say maybe it's because it was, it's easier to, to do certain things when Cootie's not there. You know what I mean? Like you said, you might not have somebody to hold you accountable for stuff. So mm-hmm. that's, just, that's just a thought. And it's a great, mm-hmm. I think it's a good thought. So. right. I think,
5: right. <laughs> and I think the power is the beat too. you know, won't don't want nobody with any yeah. type of influence when they, when they want to pull yeah. them a certain direction. I remember um, when we was first started he blew, blew up and, uh, he wanted to go with me to do something. I'm like, yeah, come on, man. We're going to go do this. We're going to cut up this DVD. And he was ready to go. But then it was like, oh, we got something that we need him to do. And I'm like, huh? Yeah. But but he want to do this. So, and then they pulled me to the side and said, yo, Kanye is not the same Kanye. I'm like, what you mean? <laughs> he is the same Did He want to yeah. go with me. So we going. And they was mad because they had some money playing over there. You know what I mean? So I think it's all of that. I think it's a combination of, of, of yeah. all of that. But that's know? why we can't
4: take it per- Like There was a point. Yeah, definitely. Like, I know I took it personally. My whole per- passion in life was to do music videos, right? And so when we were hitting off the videos with Through the Wire, we always had this ambition of it be like Brian Harbour was with Outkast. Like, we'll do all these videos together. You know what I'm saying? Especially since like we did the first video to really bring him into the world. And so you're thinking like, man, now you popped. We're going to get the best video he's done through the wire yeah we get through the ride. jesus walks two words and so we're thinking like okay now we work, did this together to hustle to get these big videos now when the big budgets come we good but it wasn't that way <laughs> you know what i'm saying so, right. so that was disappointing but then you know as, as being young you know you take it a certain way you you, you kind of take it personal but then getting older like you know what i don't we don't know what the factors are but we don't know if other people came in in his ear squeezing us out there were other other agendas other people are trying to get their people on so it's a bigger machine at that point. You know yeah. what I'm saying? So
2: right.
4: we're just lucky that we the, to me, it was for us to meet each other. Yeah. We've had an amazing career together. You know what I'm saying? I've learned so much from Cootie as a bigger brother. Like vice versa. So it's worked out perfectly. couldn't play. I wouldn't we I would, wouldn't do it. I would do it exactly the same way if it oh, yeah, played itself sure. all over again. You know what yeah.
0: I mean? It, it, it was interesting seeing because like when Through the Wire came out. I always wonder how y'all did that because, like, <laughs> yeah. I didn't know where y'all were getting the footage from.
2: Like, when
0: through the wire came out, like when we when we see the lady that's dancing in the thing, mm-hmm. and she's like, I'm like, yo, like, where's all of this coming from? Like, th- this dude just came out. <laughs> like, I'm like, you know what I mean? We have been. D by ray the time, in
1: the car. Yeah. Yeah.
0: By the time through the wire had came out. Hip hop heads knew who Kanye West was because the beats was everywhere. But as a rapper, we were just getting to know him. I'm like, yo, man, how much they like? What like, What is this? like How'd they shoot this? Um, all right, last thing I'll say to you guys uh, this is my last one is I appreciate you guys for giving them back to me for a second. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and and um, I, I appreciate it. it. It seeing that stuff connected me to a time in my life when I was excited. About this new young artist who was speaking to me. You know, I used to listen to hip hop. I listen to the hip hop music. Well, I still listen to it, it's all I listen to, but I listen to the music and something'll be like, yo, if you ain't a thug nigga, you ain't shit. And I'll be like, Damn, well, I guess I ain't shit. You know what, <laughs> what I mean? You know what I mean? <laughs> you know what I mean? If you ain't hustling, if you, you broke, and I'm like, yeah, well, yeah, I work at Best Buy you know right and then all of a sudden there was this guy that came out of nowhere that was talking about working at the gap and what he was going to do with his future (laughs) and his relationship Mm -hmm. with god and and all of these different things and i've never gravitated or identified with anybody like Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. that ever and Mm -hmm. haven't since
2: Mm -hmm. to be honest Mm -hmm. with you and Mm -hmm. haven't Mm -hmm. since
0: um and i'm from south louisiana so we were in the water when he said what he said uh, on the day, and everybody, he was a hero. Yes. Everyone, yes. we were in, we were in the water when he said that. So, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. I, I say it all the time. It's, you know, things are what they are now, but I, I appreciate getting a look back, and I don't want to keep having. Hope in Kanye because it's just so exhausting. Sometimes <laughs> it's like, damn, like, like y- y'all, y'all played the Sunday Service thing where he was doing that whole thing, and when he was doing that, that. Everybody got excited cuz we was like, "Oh, shit, he's back." It's Kanye. <laughs> and then uh, uh, uh but uh I, I really appreciate the documentary for that. Uh, it was it was sad and sobering, but it was also full of life and very very inspired. So, if hey, Rachel man. doesn't have anything else, hey man, um, real quick,
5: the the no don't put your hope in Kanye. Put your hope in God. That's it. Word. Period. You know what I hey, mean. And true. everything gonna work out. Kanye gonna be what you do, and and that hope is in God, and and we'll see what happens next. You know, that's worse. So work. true. <laughs> I
1: just have one thing to say. It's funny how Kanye hit people in a different way depending on where you were in your life. For yeah. me, I I I think the blueprint is Jay Z's best album. De- debatable, I know, but that's my favorite. <laughs> that's so sad. I was so I fell in love with Kanye just from the album, period. And then he came out with College Dropout and I was in college mm-hmm. and I'm a Delta. So, you know, when you're like Alpha, Alpha, <laughs> Omega, like we, we, like we were feeling that in college. So it just, it just, I was like, oh, I can relate to him. And then obviously the religious yeah. aspect as well. Some people are saying that this documentary is a love letter to old Kanye West. Is that how you guys see it? And if not, oh, boy, how gosh. is it?
4: Mm, I don't see it that way. I, I, I see it kind of like, I just see it as a this overarching story that's using these two guys as a vessel to really tell a bigger story about pursuing your passions. You know what I'm saying? I we didn't yeah. make, I think it, as far as it being a love letter, it is what each story, it is what it is. It's just, that's what it was. That was a relationship there that was filled with love. You know what I'm saying? Part three definitely isn't a love letter if you see when you see the, the part three version. So I think a lot of people, it just, it's just a real depiction of a real relationship and a real journey. And we're using that to inspire people to see in life how you can just fight through fear with a, with with a, a faith in God, yeah. what it can get you through and how you can accomplish these goals. These two are both and fought against the odds. Statistically, they shouldn't have made it. Statistically, they shouldn't be in the position, none of us should be in the position that we're in. And definitely not Kanye, you know what I'm saying? Word, so, and everybody's
5: yeah. a genius. You yeah. know what I mean? that That's the, the – we call it
4: genius not because
5: we think kai is a genius. No, everybody is a genius. Everybody has a genius in them. You know, you hear about Albert Einstein and them as geniuses, but you got uh, – you got Booker T. Washington. You got Martin Luther King. You know, you got uh, – George Washington the, so the yeah. Car G. Wilson, yeah, they just don't, yeah. get, they don't get the title, genius. Yeah. You know what yeah.
4: i They don't get the title. But I mean, you guys, like it's it's, yeah. it's anybody that's doing what they love because that's gonna
1: be <laughs> chill out.
4: <laughs> no, I'm serious. Like how many of you, how many you can count on a finger to get to the level you're doing? It's a small percentage of people in the world that are successful at the level that you are at what you're doing. You're exceptional. Wow. So you're wow. a genius. You know what I'm saying? Anything you do exceptionally, but you have to put in the work. You have to love what you're doing in order to achieve that. Yeah. With no question. Yeah. You don't get there, like by you know. just you don't fall into that. You
0: know what I'm saying? Yeah. So- Next time I see Yay, I'm going to say, yo, and Chike say, I'm on the same level of genius as you. Oh, my God. <laughs> and watch what happened. We don't go <laughs>
5: <laughs> <laughs>
4: out.
2: You guys.
5: He posted that about that, that everybody's a genius too. He did. He did. Two real quick, man. Hey, Y'all Let me show you all these. This 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 Max our editor right here. What's Max, on? what's up? What's How, up, you, Max? Doing?
2: How you doing, brother? Hey.
5: How y'all, doing?
2: How y'all doing? How How doing, doing,
0: man? Great, fantastic work, you guys. Yes. Fantastic yes. work. Fantastic work. Uh I'll be honest with you guys. I-, I think you I think y'all got a lot of hardware coming to y'all. uh I'll just be real with you. I don't see anything I've I watch all of the shit I don't see anything coming out fucking with what you guys did I think it was amazing I think it was uh, uh I can't wow. wait to see what the next thing is I mm-hmm. loved Benji loved Benji yeah. loved it it's <laughs> like they, they say that it's they say that it's a tough watch and it's sad it is it's sad but it's moving so yeah. I, I would recommend everyone genius Benji whatever else you guys got coming out um we are very happy to have had you guys today. We're Absolutely. happy for your work. Thank, Thank you, so you for much having me. Yeah, we
4: really appreciate you extending this platform to yeah. us to get our message across. Of yeah. course. Thank no God. problem, man.
0: Appreciate y'all. Yes, take down. care.
4: Peace. 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 Peace.
3: Then answer a few short questions about mom, and Gift Mode instantly gives you curated ideas based on hundreds of personas. Need something original and affordable for Mother's Day? Etsy has it. Shop until May 12th for up to 30% off gifts for mom. Terms apply.
0: All right, that was fantastic. Did it change at all? No. Did it change you? Did it change your heart?
1: No, you're the one who said that you you have changed how you feel about Kanye. I mean, yes, I understand your your sentiments, but... I don't know. It took me on an emotional ride. I'm telling you, I loved watching that first part of the documentary. And I did yeah. get sad towards the end, but yeah. I, I really wonder if the documentary will change Kanye. Like there's something about going back and watching, but there's something about going back and watching yourself. It's easy to forget. It's easy to remove yourself as we're watching it. You can see how far removed Kanye is from where he started. Right. So I wonder if it and and think about it think about cootie's journey with kanye yeah right he was with them he wasn't but there's something about their relationship where he keeps going back to cootie so maybe he maybe it will i don't know maybe i i I know you're in a hopeless place maybe i'm i'll have enough hope for both of us that that can happen we'll see
0: not sure that i'm a kanye west fan anymore don't think that i am but i am certainly fans of cootie and chique that was a very inspiring interview Love those guys. It, Had fantastic energy. All right, you going to Coachella this year? If you go to Coachella this year, you don't I've have to never wear a been. mask. You've never been to Coachella? If you go to Coachella and stagecoach, no mask. No mask. No vaccination. No positive test. You can come in that bitch with a cough, and you could dance your ass off. They don't give a fuck at Coachella. <laughs> they just, have you they been just, to Coachella before? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes, I have.
1: I, I haven't. I feel like I missed the mark.
2: Yeah. You know? I, at true. this
1: point, it's like, mm, now I don't feel go. like driving all the way down there in a crowd it's, of people.
2: Yeah. I just,
0: you're Rachel Lindsay. It's
1: no, no. Unless okay, I'm like, I have <laughs> anyways, yeah. I'm definitely not going now. I don't want to be around that many people with that many, no restrictions. I'm just not ready for that. April is tomorrow. It's yeah. tomorrow. That's yeah. just a little too much for me. I mean, I guess I could go and wear a mask, but it's hot. Yeah. It's hot in the desert. Man,
0: I'm wearing no mask out there. I <clears throat> Did I tell you about me wearing my mask when I was boxing? I tell you about that.
1: No, I was wearing Are my we can- mask
0: while I was boxing, and I had the N95 mask on, and I I tried to breathe in and just sucked a whole fucking mask full of sweat,
2: Ew, gross. sweat
0: all in my mouth. I uh, it was disgusting. Yeah. And I, was, and I was, I, told Phil, I was, I told that we have to do one on ones because I can't be in the gym with people, and at the same time, I can't have the mask on and just suck the yeah. sweat. In. It's disgusting.
1: That was, yeah, that's, that's, that's. I mean, you know, y'all have fun at Coachella, do no, your I, thing. I won't be going. I no. will definitely not be there.
0: It's too hot. I'm too big for that now. When I lose weight, I'll go. Uh, let's see. Uh, now, this is interesting about the Coachella thing because I think that this is signaling that a lot of the restrictions are about to get loosened up. Are you ready for these restrictions to be loosened up? How do you feel about this?
1: Um, the
0: mask mandates are going away.
1: They already gone. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I still wear my mask. I forgot right. where I was yesterday, right. but I still had on my mask. I, I don't know if I'm ready, quite ready for that. I, I I think it should be optional. If you want to wear your mask, you can wear it. If you don't, you don't. Like, But I have the option to protect myself. So it is. that's kind of where I am right now.
0: Well, of course, it's going to be optional. Nobody's gonna tell you you can't wear a mask
1: well i i you're correct, correct, yeah. but I guess I'm at the point where if people don't want to, I'm okay with that. I'm gonna wear mine,
0: huh right wow. so you're like a like a weird trumper
1: now, you sure if that's what you wanna mask. if that's what if that's wow. what you wanna call me Disgusting. i like but, but but the thing is, you have right over your own personal being, so if I want to put on my mask, I'm Whoa. going to wear it.
0: My body, my choice. Rachel, you're going no. down. No.
2: You're, like, you're going, <laughs> no. wow. Whoa.
1: I do Whoa, think that in Rachel. certain places, like Evangeline I am still, I'm still for it. Like in the air, uh, an airport, I that kind it. of thing. But, um, yeah, I think at this point,
0: huh. so Danny Lee's brother, I don't know. We didn't talk about this. Yeah, I want to talk about this real quick. Do you? Oh, I, I do because I have a, I have a, I have a take here. Danny Lee's brother, we only spend like a couple of minutes here is suing the baby.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: now, I don't know if you guys know, but Danny Lee's brother and the baby had a bowling alley fight stupidest Literally. fucking fight I ever fucking saw, <laughs> right? I want people to know the bowling lane is slippery. Do not <laughs> retreat to the bowling lane right. I don't know how many how many times you motherfuckers have bowled, but if you bowl and you step beyond that little line, you will slip your dumb ass down. The lane is covered in oil to grease the ball. All right. These motherfuckers look like idiots, all of them, Thank slipping you. around like cartoon characters in a banana <laughs> peel, while they're trying to throw hands at each other at a fucking bowling alley. But I'll mm-hmm. tell you something about this. Danny Lee's brother, his name is Brandon Bills. <laughs> He's now suing the baby. He's suing him for the fight. I am one hundred percent team the baby in this. One hundred percent. Why? Danny Lee's brother said when the baby and Danny Lee were going back and forth, which I did not agree with the baby in. Right. Thought it's fucked up. Right. But Danny Lee's brother said to the baby, "It's on site." Do people know what that means? That means when I see you, I'm going to fuck you up. Okay. In the video that I saw, Danny Lee's brother makes a move towards the baby. The baby hits him. Well, what the fuck? What am I supposed to think? You told me that when you saw me, you were going to beat me the fuck up. You said it was on site. Well, we see each other. True. True. So, to, and what to was me, the baby
1: supposed to do? Wait. Don't
0: go yeah. around threatening people. Now, the fact that all the baby's crew jumped in, that maybe you could sue for. Because he didn't give them the fair one. You know what I mean? The baby's crew jumped in. His motherfuckers out there slipping around. There was a lady out there slipping around trying to beat up Brandon Bills, trying to put the beats on Brandon. Um, but don't fucking threaten me and then come in my face like it's gonna be all good. If you yeah. threaten me and say it's on site, you got to give me a phone call or text message or come out in public and say I didn't mean that. Because when I see you, we <laughs> about to get it popping. What the fuck?
1: What's the basis of the lawsuit? Like, I just, it's going to get thrown out. This is ridiculous. You're wasting your time and your money. Move on. The moral of the story is this whole thing is stupid. I don't want to hear, I don't want to hear about anything to do with Danny Lee and the baby together. Like, separately, fine. You want to talk about Danny Lee separately? Fine. Her brother? Fine. The baby? Fine. But I don't want to hear about them. This is such unnecessary drama. So stupid.
0: What if Danny Lee and the baby ran on a ticket together for 2024? Would you want to see them? Would you talk about them together then?
1: Man, no. What if
0: Danny Lee and the baby co directed? There's no what if. I'm saying, though, I'm saying there are definitely situations where we would have to talk about Danny Lee and the baby. Saying, Not well, if Danny they're running Lee,
1: for president. What's another like,
0: one? Like, Let's say if Danny Lee and the Baby directed an award-winning film about sheltered dogs. Dogs that were in shelters. You didn't searches. have
1: to bring dogs. You really didn't asking, have to bring in the if we, if dogs. We, you they, didn't they have were, to do that.
0: If they did that, that would be something positive. We you would know talk that's about
1: a that. weak spot for both of us. I
0: know. I know. I know. Danny Lee, Danny Lee and the Baby present Copper Story the movie.
1: I, I wouldn't give him the rights. <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right. Uh, our favorite mayor, Mayor Fuckery, Eric, Eric Adams, has met with drill rappers in New York. He has clarified his comments about drill rap. He's met with, uh, with, uh, with drill rappers in New York. He said the rappers came into a meeting with a lot of energy and were concerned that the mayor wanted to Ban drill rap. He said that he had a great conversation with the group, which included Fivio Foran, Maino, uh, and reassert that he doesn't want to ban the genre. He said he's concerned about particular drill rap videos in which artists directly attack and threaten their rivals with violence. Violent people who are using drill rapping to, po- to post who they killed and then antagonize the people who they are going to kill is what the problem is. Um, Mano has released, Mano. shout out to Mano. Uh, posted a short video of the meeting in his Instagram account And uh, of the rappers gathering with Mayor Adams It's 11.30 on a Tuesday night It's been a lot of talk about drill rap, drill music, in New York City Connecting violence with the with the culture And um, I just wanted to create a conversation with the mayor We brought Fabio here, we got Young D love here We got uh, uh, Sloan Bucks here We got uh, Bleezy here to talk about you know what's really happening so the man could get a, a real perspective and a real understanding of what real rap is and so that you know we could we can have some real dialogue and,
5: and really start to really make things happen. And we're going to roll out something together on the whole conversation and we're looking forward to it and I appreciate you man, definitely. definitely. Uh so yeah.
0: I want to clarify some comments that I made on the last podcast too.
1: Okay.
0: Give me some latitude to do this.
1: Yeah, go ahead.
0: Okay. So this is, this is my clarification about the things that I said. My clarification is I made every fucking word that I said and I <laughs> stared on it 1000%. Okay. This is my clarification for everyone. So I was perusing the Reddit and I was, as I perused the Reddit, uh, it said that are Van Lathan and Rachel Lindsay, the new tipper gore,
2: You remember Tipper Gore's uh, crusade against metal
0: back in the eighties?
2: I thought about that
0: for about against metal, the different types of music back in the Uh eighties. It was metal. uh It was also Uncle Luke. It was also a bunch of uh, a bunch of other stuff like that. So I thought about that for a second. I thought about what it means to uh, to kind of be in a position where you're a little older and you're critiquing music uh that is coming out now it seems like you're a little long in the tooth um Mm -hmm. now i want to specifically echo what the mayor said but i also want to put it in context for you guys okay um so it was interesting that the tipper gore example was brought up right Let's look at some of the people that the religious right was going after in the 80s when they were talking about metal music. They were talking about people like Black Sabbath led by Ozzy Osbourne. They were talking about bands like Dio led by Ronnie James Dio. They were talking about bands like Twisted Sister led by Dee Snider. They were talking about bands like Kiss led by Paul Paul Stanley, Gene Simmons, people like that. They were talking about all of these bands, right? You know what all of those guys have in common? All of those guys I've named, all of those metal guys? Uh Yeah. What? They're white. Nah, there's something else. <laughs> there's something eh? else. They're alive. Mm. All of those guys that had their music being criticized, all of those guys that had their music being sort of uh put on display in front of everybody and being being having it legislated, whether or not it was decent or indecent for the kids, or satanic or not satanic, they survived that. Yep. Their fathers and grandfathers and Alice Cooper plays golf and all of that stuff. They were hell raisers when they were young. And now a lot of them, some of them might have be, been might be out of here. You know, life works in weird ways, but most of them are kicking around and doing their thing. True. See. That's not what the fuck we're talking about, and I and it's bothering me that people don't get that aren't getting the picture of what, what we're talking about. There's a song called Beatbox Remix, okay? Beatbox Remix. It went viral, viral on the internet, okay? The song, in the song, it is celebrating the murder of a kid named Corbin. The song is about is about Julio Fulio And some of the guys down in Jacksonville, it went viral on TikTok, where people are talking about the song Corbin, where it says, the line where it says, where's Corbin? That is referring to a kid named Corbin Johnson, whose body was reported missing in 2018 and who was then discovered in 2019. There are two different factions in Jacksonville going back and forward. His mother, Melissa Jackson, had to listen to a song where the death of her son is being made fun of to antagonize a rival gang, mm. and everybody on TikTok is singing it. So her actual child. It was a TikTok challenge that went viral. Julio Fulio featured Kojak. The song is called Beatbox Remix. Okay? the Who I Smoke song that we're talking about, when they put the names up, those are actual dead people. We're not talking about a genre of rap. We're talking about a trend in rap that originated in Drill. And it's mm-hmm. got to be worth talking about. I could give a fuck less about whether or not people have a problem with my stance on that because I'm a 41-year-old black man who cares about culturally how the lives of young black men are being protected both outside and inside this culture. Everyone can say whatever they want to say on a record. Everyone has the right to get on a record and talk about whatever they want to talk about. That does not mean we have to culturally accept certain things. About 10 years ago, a song dropped with Lil Wayne and um and uh and and Rick Ross. The song was called You Don't Even Know, right? Mm. Rick Ross says in the line of the song, put Molly in her drink. She didn't even know. Everybody drew a line. Everybody drew a line. Everybody said, hey, not not gonna gonna fuck with that. Artistically, it's your right to talk about date rape in a song, but culturally, what we don't want to do is have lyrics in a song that normalize something that ghastly. Rap is rife with misogyny and violence against women already, but the direct act of saying, hey, I put Molly in somebody's drink. She even know about it and boasted on the song. We have to draw a line right there, and we did. Okay, what I am saying is rapping about violence in your community. That's part of hip hop. We come from violent places. Rapping about some of the other ways that you might treat people or some of the things. All of that's a part of it. I get that, but I'm talking about the specific antagonization which I said in the last podcast of people by bringing up their dead brothers, their dead cousins, their dead family members, which then perpetuates real life violence, direct violence, not violence out there in the ether where we desensitize something and then make it violent. I'm talking about we heard this nigga diss our dead homie. We got to catch him and kill him. And it, it shocks me that in the, what we talked about on the last podcast, I brought up the fact that there are casualties in and around this as well. There yeah. are innocent people that have been shot in the line of fire around this as well. And people don't even give a fuck. They're talking about what people should be able to put in rap records. I get it. I'm with you. What I'm talking about is whether or not we are at least deserved a conversation about a troubling trend in a genre of rap music grow Mm -hmm. the fuck up like seriously grow all the way up all the way up dead black boys give a fuck about it
2: Mm.
0: I was 25 once I was 26 once I was 23 once I was 21 once Well, I didn't want anyone telling me what I should should not be doing I get that I understand that I care whether or not you guys live or die I'm not gonna take away your right to To make whatever music you want to make. But I'm going to tell you right now if your music is celebrating the deaths of people who you've actually killed, I'm not fucking with you. And I'm going to encourage other people not to fuck with you because I don't think we ought to be doing that. And something else. Like, there's a specificity here that changes this argument. Like, song comes out, bitches ain't shit. We rocked to that song all my childhood, right? People love that song, bitches ain't shit, but hose tricks. Terrible, terrible message, right? What if that mm-hmm. song would have been Janet Jackson ain't shit? What if that song would have been Whitney Houston ain't shit, but a bitch in a trick? What if that song would have specifically addressed an actual person? Right? And not just been some weird commentary, some terrible commentary that we already need to gotta do away with. Right. What if it's actually somebody's actual pain? Isn't there a point where we have to say enough is enough? Yeah. So, Miss me to quote Rachel <laughs> with the discussion and the talk about what we should be doing in lieu of talking about these messages, what we should be protesting for equal rate wages. We should be out there doing all. We already do that. We going to do this too. Mm-hmm. I'm not fucking it. I think it's wrong. I'm not throwing these brothers, these young brothers away. They doing the best they can. But the reality is that we need to encourage them to do better. Grow up. For real. All right. Mailbag.
1: I love it. I, I have nothing to say to that. No, you are so right. Mailbag. Let's go.
0: Mailbag. Mailbag time. Time to read your letters and then we'll reply to them. Oh. It's mailbag time. Write us with your queries and we'll chime in.
1: Different underscore
5: hues asks, have you ever been catfished?
1: No.
0: Yes, by food. <laughs> Never the other way, but certainly by foods.
1: Wait, wait, wait. As in like you thought it was going to be something that it wasn't?
0: Saw pictures of the food online. Order the food. Uh, okay. Food looks nothing like it. Very upsetting.
1: Very upsetting. I'm sure that's happened to everybody. We just wouldn't term it as being catfished. That's hilarious. That's definitely being That's catfish. hilarious. Yeah. That's hilarious.
0: <laughs> have you been catfished, Rach?
1: No. <laughs> I have not. But I ghosted, not catfished. Who ghosted you? It's in the book.
0: Oh, I haven't got to that yet.
5: Um...
1: We're cool my now way. though. I found them.
0: You found you found the person?
1: <laughs> We're really cool now.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You know what? I got tell you something about, about the book, Rach. I wanna listen to the audiobook. Okay. I'm gonna listen to it on my way to my speaking engagement today because I wanna hear the emotion in your voice and some of this stuff. Okay. I wanna hear how you read it.
2: You know? Okay.
1: Um, I think I you know what? I think a lot of people have enjoyed the audiobook.
0: Yeah, people have been talking about it. People have been talking about it. they hit me up and they go, I like the we like the audio book. We don't know what Rachel's talking about. Miss me with that in stores now. Uh next question.
5: <laughs> All right. Jasmine Q
0: asks, Top three girl singing groups. What are they? Ooh, for me. Um oh Rachel, you wanna take this one first?
1: No, no, mm. no. Go first. I gotta think about it. I gotta think about it.
0: Uh top three girl singing groups. In vogue. Ooh. Uh, SWV, SWV for me for sure. Um, and then that last one is like a. I'm gonna go TLC, but if I was ranking them in order, my favorite girl singing groups of all time, it's going to be SWV, in Vogue, TLC.
1: All right, wow. Okay, The Supremes.
0: Yeah, you, you, like, you're not listening to this. Shout out to Tracy. You're not. The Supremes are legends. I, they shouldn't even be in this conversation. But you're but not you fucking, at, but, but,
1: but it's not girl groups. Up, and I, you're
0: not queuing up actually, the Supremes. Actually, I listen. I,
1: I constantly listen to a Motown playlist. So don't tell me what I listen to. Oh. So the Supremes. Ooh, awesome. So the Supremes. He mad because he didn't think about it. Ah, Supremes.
0: Just, I would never put them out
1: there. Um, in Vogue.
0: Uh-huh.
1: And I'm going to go with Destiny's Child.
0: Okay. Destiny's, Child's, Destiny's Child, I don't listen to them like that. I think, to be honest with you, I, I did. I think SWV has better music than Destiny's Child. Ooh,
1: nope, Nope. I think it's just an air, th- like, I like Destiny's Child. I even thought about Escape for a second. I like, Escape is dope. I, I, I wouldn't have put TLC in, but there's a, it, I like to relate music to a time period, and Destiny's Child defines an entire moment time in my They're life amazing so i got to go with them
0: but to me if you compare this Show has more hits don't get me wrong but if you compare like bills 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 to that, week can, or downtown you literally pick so.
1: you pick the best of swv and a mediocre song from destiny's child so
0: a mediocre song from destiny's bills 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 is a mediocre that's destiny's a child hit. Song.
1: that's a hit but like when you are talking about singing like week that's that 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 defines SWV. No, Bills, Bills, the, Bills SWV define, has a lot
0: of songs that define but them. But weak
1: and, is what defines them. Come their on, music that's, is the, hit, that's the biggest though. hit. That's the biggest All right, hit. fine.
0: Let's go next one.
4: All right, uh, staying in the music uh, category. Rach Solo
5: wants to know what is your favorite white girl jam? <clears throat> Examples: Call Me Maybe, Unwritten,
4: Everywhere, etc. Uh
0: my favorite white girl jam. Um, Sarah Bareilles. Uh, uh, I'm not going to write you a love song. Love that joint.
1: Suck. That's a great, great uh, <laughs> choice. I'm not going to write you a love song because you asked ask for me. Because you need one. Uh-huh. <laughs> I'm not going to write you. It's a good, it's a good one. I, I have several, though. Also, like, her song Gravity, phenomenal.
0: Oh, I've never heard anything else from her.
1: Go I listen have, to Gravity.
0: I have a lot. Like I like a... Uh,
1: See, I I like like more uh, like the eight. I'm thinking like a Melissa Etheridge type song, maybe even a What's Going
2: On? (laughs) Come on, and you know you like hey. it Come, Come on, you feeling window. it <laughs> uh, It's gotta uh, be uh,
1: something like that Like I could rock out to Maybe like an more set type song like Ooh, there's Morissette. gotta be an Avril Lavigne in there
0: Avril Lavigne I, I like f- Annie Lennox, Little Bird
1: Look up to the city streets
0: At the we from here
2: I um, wish I
1: could just um,
2: Down down
1: um, <laughs> Y'all make sure y'all watch this on video uh, Trudy can we get a gif of this
2: Can we get a gif of this
1: <laughs> Also I'm gonna go out, Shout out to my 90's country music There's gotta be a Shania Twain Any man of mine in there who's That's best, good who's, too What about the one yeah. by
0: um, What's her face
1: Who?
0: um, Who's married to Tim McGraw she had a jam.
1: What was Which that one face, called? Uh, This kiss.
0: Oh, amazing!
1: H- had everybody in the dictionary looking up words. This kiss. It's unflappable. Um, what about?
0: <laughs> and then there's one more. The Celine. There's the Celine,
1: so many, you guys. The Celine Dion one. What was it?
0: Uh, My heart will go on. Nah, not that one. The fast one. Um,
1: the come fast on, man. One.
0: It's 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 a mid tempo joint. It's... Ah oh,
1: Celine a Dion Celine Dion song?
0: It's a mid tempo one.
1: Oh, this is gonna bother me. It's like I uh, feel like I know. It's uh It's oh blah, blah, blah,
0: and that's the way it is.
1: Oh and, and that's, that's the, the way. way Okay. That's the way That's it the way is. it is. Ooh, ooh. that's the way it is yes, that's yes. the way it is Celine there's a the number way. y'all we could do this that. all day
2: We could. <laughs> that was a great question it was a lot
0: it's a lot man it's a lot I like uh, what's not, not Paramore uh, the fucking we name is. Like the group do
2: like
0: Paramore I oh, don't know it's a guy well, last time
1: you called you called last time you called Paramore Evanescence <laughs> wake me up inside wake me up is that okay. what you're thinking of
0: <laughs> yeah, that's why that's, that's Evanescence <laughs> Um,
1: is there another question?
0: That's it. Uh, well, Donnie, what else we got? Come on, let's do it. All right, Lynn's Mannion asks, if you were a housewife, what would your tagline be?
1: I feel like we've answered this before.
0: I'm not doing that. All right, next,
5: (laughs) Baker Mentality (laughs) wants to know what are your Enneagram number?
1: Any Enneagram? Enneagram. Enneagram.
5: Okay.
0: If you don't know, you man, have you taken? And find out and sharing the next I don't know what that here. means. What does okay, that
1: mean? Okay, Van, take the quiz. We will not answer it. Yes, I know mine and I know my wing. It's like a better version of the Myers Briggs test. Do you know your Myers Briggs Oh, I did it. I, I, I
0: did this one time for Kalika. I gotta figure it out. I don't know. I don't like shit like that. It makes me feel too vulnerable.
2: Um
1: <laughs> uh, <laughs> It's a no, I've never seen a personality test more than that's on point than your Enneagram. Matter of fact, everybody take, I will send you out the links. Everybody here. Trudy and Donnie, do you know your numbers? I know, Donnie, you don't because you didn't know how to pronounce it. Trudy, do you know yours? I don't. <laughs> we're all going to take the test and find out what number we are and we're going to for whoever asked that question, we're going to come back and we're going to revisit it. Mm. Okay?
0: If Rachel says it, we do it. Alright, do you have an unexpected ally of the week? No. <laughs> 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 no.
1: No. <laughs> <laughs> Neither do I
0: <laughs> I gotta go man I gotta go to this speaking engagement I gotta yeah, get out of yeah.
1: here Do well on your speaking engagement Drive safely
0: I will all
2: right, They're all gonna be guys, so
1: excited you- for you What are you speaking on?
0: I don't know Probably Kanye Okay
2: it's
0: like, <laughs> You know what I'm saying Van 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 Let's talk about different black issues Yeah cool cool Nice Dude what was Kanye like Fuck you Just give me my $10,000 Anyway Uh Like, like <laughs>
1: Plus travel expenses. <laughs> Plus travel expenses. <laughs> oh, but no, but it's not
0: going to be like that. Actually, I'm speaking today. Um, it'll be already done by the time this is over with the kids at Chapman University. Shout out to uh, Dr. Hobson, the guys out there at Chapman University. I can't wait to go speak to them. Uh, it won't be like that, but a lot of times it is like that. Um, so I'm hoping to have a good experience. So I'll, I'll, I'll catch you guys up on that tomorrow. Take the caps Take you. Take the caps off, but do not stop learning. I am Van Lathan Jr.,
1: I'm Rachel and Lindsay. Bye, guys. You're out.